Parents, is your teen college ready? Are you feeling overwhelmed, stressed out, or excited about your teen applying to college? Do you know what colleges are looking for? And if your kid gets in, do you know what you'll pay for it? College admission has never been so competitive or expensive. Shelly Howard will take you on a journey to help you and your teen get college ready. Now here's your host, Shelly. Start in middle school. Hello, this is Shelly Howard with Parents Is Your Teen College Ready? I am really excited to introduce my guest today. Jessica, welcome to the show. Hey, Shelly. Thank you so much for having me. It's always fun to collaborate with you. You got it. So can you give our listeners a little bit of background about who you are and how you became the greatest at what you do? <laughs> yeah. So I am a study skills tutor. So I work or my business, I should say, is a skiggy tutoring. And what I really do is I help middle school, high school, and college kiddos really learn how to learn. So a lot of times when parents hear tutor, they think, oh, okay, math, homework, English papers, that kind of thing. But what I do really is a life skill. I teach 12 study skills that really teach teens how to learn so they can actually like learning and hopefully even love to learn. Wow. So parents, right? You're thinking that might... I'm thinking with my four kids, which one of them should I have done it with? And it should have been all of them. I think every child could use study skills to make life even better. Um, but I asked all my guests, Jessica, one question, and that is, are you doing today what you thought you were going to do in your younger self? <laughs> and that's a good question to ask, especially with you being in the college world. So the, the simple answer is no. <laughs> the answer is that I thought I was going to be a journalist and I thought maybe I'd be writing for a science magazine since I have my biology degree. And then I really thought I was going to open a vet clinic, a cat cafe, a restaurant. So I knew I was going to have a business, but tutoring, no, that didn't happen until a lot later. <laughs> And so how did that happen? How did, you know, a cookie, ace cookie tutor, right? How did that come to fruition? So it's kind of kind of simple. Um, I have a lot of educators in my family. And so when I got to that old lovely age of being off parents insurance, it's like, okay, what's a job that I could have that would be, you know, <laughs> guaranteed insurance, which I know sounds kind of bad, but that's what led to me being a paraeducator, a uh, teacher's assistant, whatever you might want to call it. And that's when I got to work with students one-on-one -on -one in the middle school and high school worlds. And I was like, I love this. And so I started tutoring kind of professionally and I was using an online website and it was one of those things where they changed their structure and it's like, oh, well, I can get paid more <laughs> if I just do it on my own. Now, I didn't realize at the time that meant I'd also be finding students on my own, but that's pretty much how it happened is I was the nerd in high school, always was the smart one, you know, knew the answers kind of thing. At least that's what everybody thought. And that just kind of naturally led me to liking school and when a parent said, hey, go try out being a parent, it's like, why not? Let's do it. Okay. So I'm listening and, and thinking, instead of like teaching journalism or writing, right? Because that kind of would have aligned or even, <clears throat> excuse me, or even science, 
you came up with study skills. Why did you choose to focus on that area? Well, it's one of those things where in the beginning I didn't. I'll be 100% honest to our listeners. The fact is that I did what I thought tutors did, is I taught, you know, helped with certain classes, with certain assignments. But then literally like two years in, I was like, okay, these kiddos are showing up without knowing when the next test is. They don't have any notes. They they can't answer my questions that I feel like they need to be able to answer. And I sat down, made a list of all the skills that I needed in high school and college to get the grades I wanted. Because, you know, remember, I wanted to be valedictorian. So like that was a big deal. And when I realized that those skills were the skills I never saw teens have. I'm like every single session, I'm like, okay, note taking is a skill. Maybe they're not taking notes because they don't know how to, or maybe they don't think they need to. And if they're not organized, well, that's why the assignment's never here when we need it. And I created my Love to Learn program based on those at the time, nine skills. We're up to 12 now based on parent feedback, student feedback. But it just seriously came from, oh, I'm only helping them for a semester. They're going to have the same problem two years from now. How can I help them for life instead of just this one class? Mm, your why is beautiful. I love that. Because if they start in middle school and high school, college will be so much easier. Oh, for sure. Any learning opportunity, like in class, out of class, for sure. So at what age do you think is the best time to start? I really wish, like I've thought so hard about niching down to middle school because to me, as soon as they hit seventh grade, that is the perfect time to learn study skills because we're pretty much done with elementary, right? And we're now in this sometimes chaotic world of, okay, lots of teachers, lots of classrooms, lots of moving around. And that's when teens and tweens are really like, oh, figure it out on your own. That's when the process really starts. So great. What if I have a student who is just struggling as a junior in high school? Can you still help them? Oh, for sure. That's that's something I hope all of our listeners know is that it's never too late. Like I, I want middle school to happen because that way <laughs> that first day of high school doesn't feel so overwhelming instead of, oh, you know, it's going to be new classrooms, new teachers, new kids and a whole bunch more material, a lot faster curriculum. Instead, it's just a, oh, okay, well, I know what works for me. I know how to learn. And now I just have to do it in a new environment. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, a high school junior <laughs> has never felt that level of confidence. Has never felt that level of, oh, I know what's going on in my world. It just makes it that much harder. And I don't want to say it's too late, but it's it feels like it's going to get there <laughs> for some parents and some teens, for sure. Yeah. Do you also do um, subject uh, tutoring or is it just study skills now? That's, that's a good question. And what I'm trying to do is be as much focused on study skills as I can. So it's not that I don't do content. It's one of those things where when a parent comes to me and says, hey, my kid needs help with like algebra two, or hey, my kid is really struggling in this history class. It always comes down to why that particular class and there's always commonalities between this class and another class that they struggled with, whether it's the previous semester or like three years ago. And that's really when those study skills come in. So short answer, Shelley, would be, yes, they help with content. But when a parent approaches me, we, I always try to get them to realize content is not the only answer, not the real answer. Mm, yes. Is there any students that you can't help? 
You know, I don't know if it's cocky of me to say this or not, but when I meet with parents and teens one-on-one, -on -one, I have yet to feel like, nope, can't help you. I mean, it's it's always been within five minutes. I feel like, okay, well, this is happening because of this, or, oh, okay, this is a pattern I've seen lots of other times. So I feel like there's no teens I can't help that actually want the help, because that's a whole nother issue. Okay, you opened up a can of worms. <laughs> I love issues. I love the hard conversation. Um, and, you know, I often tell people when I'm helping them plan for college, I can't make them do it. Exactly. And it's so hard because we can't take away their cell phone. We can't take away their skateboard. We can't take away the things that a parent can, even though we don't want to. Yeah. So there are some challenges and I believe that most students procrastinate because they don't know what to do. They're feeling overwhelmed. And I'm guessing with study skills and learning how to prioritize and get clarity that a lot of that would go away. Is that mm -hmm. what you find? Oh, for sure. I mean, the order of study skills I teach is very, very intentional. And I always start with note-taking because to me, it's the most important study skill and it goes into every other study skill. And then when we're talking about organization and time management, we have to do those together, but then we have to do goals before motivation. Because if we don't have a goal, something we're working towards, then there's no motivation. But then I feel like, okay, how can we know what we're working towards if we have stuff like all over the place, both mentally and physically. So that's why <laughs> the motivation is towards the beginning of my program, but it's not at the very beginning. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I always tell parents, I love teenagers, as I'm sure you do. I think they're amazing human beings, and that's why we choose to work in this world. Um, what what challenges do you find? Say a parent doesn't know if if they if their child needs study skills, what can they look for? What what would be that ding, 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 you need to call Jessica? Like, how would they know? So one of the things that I hear a lot is that my kid hates school or my kid hates this class or this certain subject. And generally, it's not a hate it truly. It's just we haven't found a way to make that class, that subject interesting. And so to me, that's one of those things is it's a general attitude about learning. It can also be, I see a lot of, unfortunately, I kid studied for hours for this test, or I know my son is really, really smart. I know that she's trying, but the grades don't show the level of effort. And so to me, whenever I hear, okay, X amount of studying leads to grade we didn't want, it almost always is, how did your teen study? Because there's a right way to study and there's a wrong way to study. And it's the same 12 study skills, but those three learning styles approach each skill very, very differently. And so many times <laughs> parents don't understand, okay, I learned this way, but my teen learns this way. And so unfortunately, I see a lot of parents, they're like, okay, <laughs> you need to study like this because this is the only way that's going to work. And until I really can get involved to really help parents realize, okay, this is how your teen learns. You know, he's not at all auditory. So you, you talking it through is not going to help no matter as much as you care, no matter as much as it works for you, it's never going to work for your kiddo. Mm -hmm. Gosh, I, I say that same thing when, when parents ask me, you know, should they take the SAT or the ACT, right? That's a, a simple question on their end. 
but it's not a simple answer because the tests are different, right? And it depends on how the student learns and shares what they know. So mm -hmm. I often will say, well, how does your student learn? And they look at me like, what do you mean? How do they, how do they learn? And I said, well, do they learn by seeing sight, hearing, writing? Oh yeah. They, they, all of them. <laughs> well, I understand, right. That all of them would be helpful, but isn't there a dominant way somebody absorbs? Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's how I teach it is through the visual, the auditory and the kinesthetic. And okay. the thing is that I, I'll admit there are some kids that I have a, an assessment. I like them to do that's really quick and it's all online. And some of them come back like right around the 30% for all of them. And when I see that happen, it's not that all of them are equal. It's that that child doesn't know what works yet. And so that's when it becomes really important for us to talk about, okay, this is what it looks like if you're a visual learner. Is this something you find yourself doing already? Now, sometimes we just have to kind of pick one of them and then we try it out as we're working together. It's like, okay, if you really don't have a preference right now, then let's focus on this, do this in this class, do this a certain way. And if we see results, okay, that obviously you're interested and obviously that's kind of how, that is how your brain works. Yeah. I remember my firstborn, he would never seem to spend time on homework. Mm -hmm. And I would ask him, I'm like, don't you have homework? Like you're in high school now. And he's like, mom, it's done. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how is that possible? And he says, because when I see it on the board, I'm done. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes, yeah, I see it. It goes in, I'm done. And then I had a second child who worked really, really, really hard for her A's and had to use all of those different skills. So how do you know if a student is gifted or talented or has ADD or ADHD or all of the, you know, the I have a lot of IEPs in my program. I have, I have a mixture, right? From students who have learning disabilities to students who are brilliant. How do you, how do you first navigate that? So when it comes to the learning differences, I'll admit, Shelly, I'm not, you know, any type of, you know, certified in any of that, but the thing I have seen a lot, especially like ADHD, is those kiddos generally, they like to move. They generally need their hands involved. And so something that I teach them is how can we get that movement in your study sessions, in your homework sessions? Because a lot of parents, a lot of families don't realize you don't have to sit at the table to study. Like if you want to get up and play basketball, play volleyball, if you even want to be in parts, different parts of the house, you can be. I mean, that's all going to meet that need. There's also something as simple as flashcards. They can be done all three ways as well. I mean, you can read them out loud. There's so many computer programs that read them out loud now. There's the actual cutting them out, flipping them around. That's very hands-on. We've got the actual like looking at them or having the colors and have the pictures. So that's part of it. Another thing I've learned is I've worked with a lot of kiddos that have dyslexia. And so they're not going to be visual. I mean, they've never up to a point until they've learned what they need to learn that they can't read in the same sense as a visual learner can. And so a lot of times they're auditory. They need someone to explain something to them and then they get it. So I don't know if that answers your question, Shelly, or not, but I, I see that there is a lot of commonalities between certain types of learning differences and then learning styles. 
So I'm just putting myself in the, in the listener's mind right now. And I'm thinking if my student is struggling in school and I don't know how to help them, um, do I make an appointment with you and you could tell me like, how does it work from parent going, I, we've done everything we can to help them and we just don't know what else to do. What, what would be the next step in working with you? Yeah. So I like to meet with, with teens and parents one-on-one through a free consultation. And that's simply because I feel like we can get a lot more accomplished in a conversation than we can sometimes through text or, or even a phone call or just emails. And I really want teens to be there because one of the things I hear a lot of parents say is, will my kid actually work with you? And the thing is, is if we meet face-to-face here on Zoom, parents can easily see, is your teen really here? Like, is your teen really talking to me? Because if we can just talk about stuff kind of theoretically, like, okay, what do you want to have happen? Or, you know, what's happening in this class that lets the parents see, oh, you know, he's actually going to open up or, oh, she can really connect with them. Because I've had so many parents (laughs) that think I'm kind of some kind of teen whisperer. And it's like, okay, it's nothing like that at all. But when I have parents that are like, yeah, like we're downstairs in the kitchen and we can hear her laughing with you during a lesson. They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> like she doesn't talk to adults like that. So that always makes me feel excited to hear things like that. Yeah. I kind of think of myself a little bit as a teen whisper. Um, we, or, or the fact I may never have grown up. I'm not sure. But <laughs> that's yeah, That's true. We have, we have a ton of fun in our meetings. So I'm glad to hear that you do as well. So if a listener wanted to reach out to you, connect with you, how might they do that? So I have my website that has pretty much all my connections on there. You know, the, the Calendly link for scheduled a free consultation and all my, like my Facebook group, which is a great place to connect. And that website is acecookietutoring.com. Yes. And how did you come up with that name? <laughs> you know, it was seemed really smart back in 2019 when I started my business and I thought I was going to focus on the ACT. Like before I really was leading into study skills, I wanted an acronym for the ACT. And I was like, okay, ACE just seems to make sense, right? You know, we want students to do really well, get those A's because, you know, my nerdy self was all about the straight A's. And then the cookie, I couldn't decide, like this is kind of sounds silly, but I couldn't decide, do I really want to focus on tutoring? Or do I want to focus on a bakery? And, you know, this is before COVID was even a thing. So I'm beyond grateful. I didn't choose the bakery route for the sake of just staying a business <laughs> and then the tutoring. So that's that's kind of what it was. And I decided, you know, when I work with students in person, I'll do I'll bring them cookies kind of as a treat. So kind of like the whole after school milk and cookie kind of snack thing. I love it. I love names. There's so much in there. <laughs> Jessica, thank you so much for being a guest on our show. Until next time, parents, please know we're here to bring the very best to you so you can do your best. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.